Good morning, good morning, everybody. My name is Rick. I'm the host of Caller Prep Board, and uh, we're based on the West Coast. It's about 5 a.m., and I am nestled, located between San Francisco and uh, Lake Tahoe. And when people hear the word nestled, they say, oh, that's you must live in a nice neighborhood. Well, I learned that from some real estate agents that if you use the word nestled, it increases your home value by a, a few uh, half a percent point. So maybe a a, a three hundred thousand dollar home may sell for three hundred and ten if you use that word nestled. So that's why I am. I'm nestled somewhere between San Francisco and and the ski community of Lake Tahoe, where it's probably about twenty five degrees in Lake Tahoe and uh, San Francisco is probably like fifty or sixty used to live in San Francisco uh, for about three years when I was uh, younger back in the 90s and um, ended up working in Los Angeles for eight years as a corporate sales manager. And I know Los Angeles like the back of my hand. I know Los Angeles just as much as I know my hometown of Tampa, Florida. And you know, being in California most of my, my adult life with um, some time I spent in the military, about 10 years in the military, being in different countries, I will tell you, Los Angeles is a booming city. And I mean, in terms of all the stuff that you can do and and the business that goes on there with, uh, you got Hollywood, you got some manufacturing industries, you have, you know, the record companies. There are, you know, lots of beach activities from San Diego all the way to Ventura County which is about 150 miles of just beaches, and some well-known beaches too. So this is the Caller Prep Board. And how did Caller Prep Board start? Well, I was listening to this guy in a local radio station, and this is a Hispanic guy, and he lives out in the wine country in Sonoma County, uh, about 100 miles north of San Francisco. If you know anything about Napa wines and Sonoma wines, well, this guy lives in a community uh, in Sonoma County, and he would call into this radio show, and he would say, "Well, this is what is on the caller the caller prep board." And the guy just—he was just such a dynamic guy, and uh, he wasn't using it. So I bought the domain. I haven't used the domain yet. So I decided, let's do a show five to six days a week, and title it "Caller Prep Board." And the purpose of the show is to help. You know, small business owners with their sales issues, uh, the sales issues that they have and challenges that they have that are stopping them from moving forward in their business. So when people say, well, what what is a sales issue? What is a sales challenge? Well, the one thing I want to say, I'm not talking about performing the actual task that people do for their business, like if you are a plumber. You know if someone calls and says, uh, my my toilet is backing up or my sink is link, leaking, you know that somewhere between the problem and the origin of the problem is where the, the actual fix is needed. So you went to school for that. You, you got your certificate. You know how to – you might have to you know, cut down a wall or, or, or dig a, a trench in the ground. You will fix that problem because you have went to school for that. Well, the front end, the front end activity is not how to 
you know, fix the problem. The front end activity is how to find that customer. You know, for an attorney, it's it's how to um, predictably find someone who has a personal injury. For a dentist, it's it's finding enough people who need something more than a than a teeth cleaning, because dentists do not go to school for four years and, 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 and for a college degree in science and biology and another two to four six years in dental school. They don't go to dental school to to to, to whiten teeth. They go to dental school to do the root canals, uh, to do the um, implants, and some of the other, you know, intermediate to complex dental treatments, where they can make a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, three thousand dollars, orthodontics, you know, ten thousand dollars. That's why they go to school. So, caller prep board. This show is being created to help people with these front in issues these front end sales challenges so if you have a something you want to talk about on the show call in 515-605-9732 that's 515-605-9732 and i will spend about 60 seconds helping you understand where to begin to you know um, manage this challenge and hopefully you know, be on the on the road to fix the challenge. Now, fixing the challenge, it may be a little a little more difficult than listening to me for sixty seconds. So, I do have a, a business that I run. I am a certified sales consultant, or you know, uh, I run a, a consulting firm where I've worked with hundreds of people, and my client that lives the furthest from me here in California was in Dubai. And this was a Brazilian uh, sales executive that sells those nice penthouse townhomes in um, Dubai, United Arab Emirates. And if you look at my podcast um, links that I have, and I'll give those to you, um, I did one of my first interviews with Anna. Anna Carolina, and she was a sales executive at this great, you know, real estate company in Dubai. And she was she's from Brazil. She speaks four languages: uh, Portuguese, French, uh, Spanish, and English. And such a wonderful person. Then I was working with a uh, a, a, um, a person who's a yoga instructor in India. Now these those 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 people that live in these far lands. How I found them. I picked up the phone and called them because they had something I found on social media that was interesting. Um, and the one lady in Dubai, I mean, she was just, you know, magic <laughs> in terms of how she represented this this company uh, over in Dubai. And the, the lady in India, she, is, was, uh, she had a great story. She was a person who lost her brother due to uh, diabetes, and that's a, a very common health issue in, in, in India. She was from New Delhi. And she uh, said, hey, you know, one day I, lo I lost my brother and she wasn't that much in great shape. So she went on a journey to fix her health, stop smoking, and now she's like a, uh, a big-time yoga instructor, has a great audience, uh, does a lot of live yoga instruction, 
and her clients come from England, they come from the States, and she's just a, a great person. So if you have any type of sales question that you want to ask within these next 20 minutes, give me a call, 515-605-9732. And if you decide you want to move further, I have some basic ways to, to work with people. And one of the ways that I use is the podcast interview. Now, people may say, why the podcast interview? And these podcast interviews are 25-minute sessions where you can talk about your business. You can talk about how you got started. You can talk about why you got started. You can talk about the trials and tribulations, the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys of starting your business. Because people would like to know that. Let me tell our listeners something about small business owners and what I have seen as a person who has worked in the people business, I will, I will say going back to 1992 when I was finishing college at Golden Gate University in San Francisco. Many consumers would love to hear the stories of small business owners. Many consumers would love to interact with the small business owner. But what happens, the small business owner has this, this uh, I want to call it, it's like a, um, it's, it's not a mental block, but it's, it's, uh, it's something that says, I don't really want to talk to you until you write me a check. Now, that's not the, 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 the explicit message that business owners are sending, but they have gatekeepers, they have offices where business owners sit behind you know, their, their desk and close their doors. And they have other people to to deal with, uh, with 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 potential clients, and there's nothing wrong with that because the business owner can't be the sales rep and the business owner. the The attorney can't spend most of his or her time trying to find clients, and at the same time go to court and 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 try to win the case. So there's a, a delegation of duties that must take place. And many small business owners. What I what I really mean is that when the small business owner is not in the office and that small business owner is out on the streets of Baltimore, the suburbs of uh, Tampa, Florida, out in Houston, San Francisco, Seattle, you know, Malibu, California, and that small business owner has that opportunity to interact with people. I'll tell you this quick story. I was uh, this is about maybe a year and a half ago here in Sacramento, and I was at a coffee shop. And okay, so my demeanor has always been let's say hello. To, I'm, I'm just a generally nice guy. I don't, I don't, I don't dismiss anybody. I don't say well, I don't. I'm not talking to that person, or I, or I, or I will talk to this person. I generally say hello to everybody. That's that's how I roll. So I might be a little different. So in other words, you do you and I'll do me. But as a business owner, you have to raise your – I call it your nice factor. I'm not talking about the fake nice factor. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, the, the general nice factor as a business owner because you want to appear to be friendly to people, especially – if you're selling a product or service, if you're offering a product or service that costs you know, $500, $1,000, $5,000, it would seem to me that you would want to you know, be 
um, nice to people you meet with because you never know you may run into someone who needs your product or service when out and about. So I met this um, guy, and he turned out to be a dentist. And make a long story short, when I said hello to, to him, he told me he was a dentist. And I said, I said, I said to myself, "Do you have a business card?" And he gave me his business card. I said, "Well, how often do you, you know, talk to people when you're out and about?" And he said, "Pretty much, it was zero. Now this guy, you know, he performs these, um, and he wasn't like a like a regular dentist. He was a specialist, and his business did not come from referrals. It came from you know meeting people that needed. I think it was like almost like an orthodontist. And uh, you know, you you need to know something things some things about the California business market <laughs> uh, to understand some things. And maybe I'll share some of those things on future shows. So again, if you got a if you got a question." That you want to ask about sales, the number is 515-605-9732, 515-605-9732. And all questions are valid. I mean, one of the questions may be, well, what do you do when you, when you are afraid to talk to people? Or one question may be, what is the best way to close? Do you know... That one of the, my honest, I'm not going to say the biggest problem, but do you know that it is a challenge for some people to ask for the money? Yes, it is, listeners. It's a challenge for some for some people to ask for the money. Here's another quick story. I was talking to this guy on the phone about a product or service uh, service that I was interested in, and um, this guy was calling from, I believe. Uh, uh, West Virginia, you know, he had a pretty good voice. You know, he was he knew his product or service well. So we got to the point where I was listening for, here's what we need to do next to get you started. And he he never you know he never arrived to that to that point to ask me for my business. So we kept talking for about a minute, and so I would say. Bob, and that wasn't his real name. I said, Bob, so what do you think the next step is? See, I wanted him to say, well, well, Rick, credit card, I need to you know, fax you something so you can sign it. I need something so we can get your, your service started. And he never asked the question until I prompted, prompted him. I said, well, do you think this is a, a, a product that I should buy based on you understanding what we just talked about. I mean, do you think this product would work for me? And he said, yes, I think it would. So I said, well, what is the? what do you think I should do now? Do you think I should buy the product? Do you think I should, uh, you know, start now? And basically he says, yes, you should start now. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm saying to myself, I, I have to pull this guy's teeth to give him my money. So that's what I meant by uh, some... Business owners are afraid to ask for the money, and I know I know that because I've been through that when I was starting out. I know what that's like, and here is a is a sales tip I'll tell you why people are sometimes afraid to ask for the money. I would say the primary reason why people are afraid to ask for the business or ask for the money is because they don't want to hear the word no. Here's an example. 
got this product or service, it's $500, and uh, you, so you're ready to, to ask the person for the money, and the person says, Mike, I'm sorry, well, I'm, I'm just not interested. Okay, there's a lot to unpack with that response when a person says, I'm not interested. Okay, now the person can be uh, you know, totally honest and say they're not interested. And again, that's a, that's a lot of information to cover that I could share with people why people say that. But if you add up, if you, if you list the reasons why people say they're not interested, the number one reason, and I'll just give you the first reason because that's probably the biggest reason, is because something did not go right in that engagement uh, during that appointment. In other words, the person showed up to meet with you. The person, you know, was on the phone talking to you about uh, the product or service. And when it came time to ask for the business, and you did, the person said no. So what happened between the time the person arrived to meet with you to talk about your product or service or that person arrived on the phone to, to talk about the product or service – there's something that did not go well between that time and when the person asked for the business. See, the one thing to know is when a person shows up or, you know, for the appointment or they come on the phone to talk about it, they are most likely about 40 to 50% in the buy mode. Now, not, not every customer will say yes. So I just want to make sure people understand that. Not every customer will say yes. I mean, the customer has some concerns on their end. Maybe it's uh, it, maybe the product just doesn't fit. The service does not fit that customer's need. And there's a way to even find out that, you know. But the number one reason why people say no, especially when they show up to the party, is something did not go well between meeting and that business owner asking for the business and there are ways to fix that and I'll tell you one of the, the biggest reasons why those engagements do not go well from the time the person meets with you either in face-to-face -face settings or on the phone is typically the salesperson talk too much that's the number one thing sales psychologists say and this is a study that I did when I wrote the business plan for my business. Sales psychologists who study consumer behavior say that consumers become annoyed and, and somewhat disrespected by salespeople when the salesperson talks about 70 to 80% of the time. And the sales psychologists say that if you want to flip those numbers around to give – Yourself as a salesperson, the best chance of, of getting that, that person's business, get that person to talk uh, 80%, 70 80% of the time. And with those numbers being flipped, along with having what I call a sales system, the probability that that person will become a client is roughly 70 to 80%. And those numbers are a solid 70 to 80 percent if you meet that person. In other words, if you begin that process of 
of moving that person through your sales pipeline. See, I'm throwing a lot of new definitions out here for some people. Some people have heard of these definitions and these definitions and words. But if you are the originator of that that client uh, engagement, in other words, if you meet that person at the very first stage, which we call the contacting stage, if you meet that person at the very first stage, I'm not talking about the person finding you online. I'm not talking about the person finding you on Facebook or the internet. I'm talking about you uh, engage that person at the very first phase, the contacting phase, and you move this person through your pipeline. And let me give you the five components of the pipeline. It's contacting, prospecting, that's the second one. The third one is the appointment. The fourth one is the closing stage. And the fifth one is getting the zero cost referrals. Those are the five stages of a pipeline. So if you are the business owner and you engage that person at the very beginning, then your chances or the likelihood that that person will become a client is a solid 70 to 80 percent. The only way that person will not become a client is, especially if you're using a sales system, is you know that person just says, you know what? The price is just way out of whack, and you could have fixed that problem too at the very beginning with my help. You could fix that problem or learn about that problem. Be aware of that that challenge. And the second one is that you just totally just blow it. <laughs> and you know how people blow a sales appointment? They don't use a system. I can tell you stories of stories of some of my clients who paid me nice dollars to learn the sales system. And then on their first couple of appointments, they said, oh, I'm going back to my natural way of doing business. Even though I just finished Rick's uh, six-hour, seven-hour uh, sales system training class, which they totally understood, and they, they nodded their, their heads, and we did some, some sample calls. When they got into the real situation of, of working their business after my training, they went back to their old habits. And they didn't close. I can tell you a story of a CPA in Southern California. And, um, and we got about seven minutes left. So if you have a sales type question, please call 515-605-9732. This Southern California CPA out in, uh, I want to say, Riverside County, about 70 miles east of Los Angeles. The CPA went through the training. So part of what we do for our white-collar small business owners, and that's the attorneys, CPAs, dentists, medical groups, uh, home builders, plastic surgeons, insurance brokers, and real estate brokers, we help them identify potential clients. And so we had identified this, uh, this uh, company that did some auto repair work for the uh, city of something. They, they um, modified police car cruisers or something. And uh, this CPA, you know, called the business owner, but as soon as the CPA called the business owner, they went back to their old way of doing business, which I must say is, it was very cold. It wasn't even um, consumer based. It wasn't appealing to the consumer. It was like, I'm a CPA. I know what the hell I'm doing. 
this is what I charge. Uh, when do you want to get started? And that business owner said, no, thank you. And I said to the CPA, what happened? Well, the person wasn't interested. And I'm like, what do you mean they were not interested? I did the prep work. The person was interested. And then she you know, broke down and told me, well, I kind of didn't, didn't do what you trained me to do. And so it went south. It didn't go well. So, okay. so I said to myself, okay, that's not, that's not a, a problem for me. That, I, it, it, doesn't, it didn't mean that my system didn't work. It means that the person didn't use the system, which is it's natural to not do something new when, you first, when you've been doing something for like 10 or 15 years. It's natural to go back to the state that, where you feel comfortable. Now, maybe you didn't make a lot of money and you lost some business doing what was comfortable. But when things are comfortable, then you, you're like you're, – you're the kind of person, well, this is what I know, and this is what I'm going to do. And what Rick was talking about in this training, I'm still not comfortable with. And when that happens, that's called a learning curve. Um, when people start something new in the sales business and they're, they're learning a new way of doing business, there's a learning curve involved. And if you sell a big ticket item, like you know, two or three thousand, four or five thousand dollars, and uh, you, you're meeting with people who have to make a decision to, to a decision to write a check for that amount, there's a learning curve. And for big ticket items, that learning curve could be one thousand to sixteen hundred hours of continuous activity of of, of meeting with people and. Talking to them about your business, and I'm referring to the front-end part, not the back-end part, the front-end part. So that 1,000 to 1,600 hours is equivalent to six to nine months of just talking to people about the front-end parts of your business because everyone knows the back-end part. And to even give you a simpler way of understanding front-end and back-end… My company uses these two words. One is called effort, and the back-end part is called the task. So the front-end part is called the effort side of the business, and the effort side of the business consists of mastering five sales pipeline functions or activities, contacting, prospecting, appointment setting, closing, and getting zero-cost referrals. The back-end part… Is the part where you're going to court, you're, you're fixing the teeth, you are uh, looking at the person's books as, an, as a CPA, you're doing the tummy tuck, you're writing the insurance policy, you're selling the house, you're styling the person's hair, you're preparing the, mood, the food in the restaurant. What else? What else? Uh, you are building the home. You know, you're putting the tattoo on people. So that, those are the back-end activities. So just try to remember that your business has two functions. The first function is the effort part, which is finding the customer, moving that person through the sales pipeline respectfully and professionally. Not like I knew I had another client. She went through the training. Now, she's doing well now. She's an insurance broker, 
located in Georgia. And her thing, her her way of doing the front end part is, hey, you need some insurance? <laughs> and uh, that would create some excitement. I must add, I, I'd say that was a pretty unorthodox way of, of working the business, but it did not lead to a lot of closing because there's some there's certain things that insurance agents must do because insurance is not a glamorous type business. It's not a, a type of a service or a product where people say, wow, I'm so excited. I just bought this insurance. It's not like buying a new car, buying a Tesla. It's not like buying a house. It's not like getting your, your hair styled where you, you can look in the mirror. I just got my hair you know, styled. The insurance product is just bought some insurance. I'm going to put it in my file cabinet. I know I may need it one day. I will need it one day. So it's not like a, an exciting purchase. It's more of a solemn type purchase. So anyway, I didn't get any people calling in today, which is fine. Uh, it's a brand new show. But if people want to call in, it's 515-605-9732. And we are on the air at 5 a.m. on the West Coast and 8 a.m. on the East Coast. And that's Monday through Saturday. Mostly Monday through Saturday, most likely Monday through Friday. But anyway, take care and thanks for listening to Call a Prep Board. Make it a great day. My name is Rick. Adios.